Hello, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Matt Cave. Thanks for spelunking on by this week. Today, I am going to talk to you about some really good news, at least for me. The NBA has a return date. Finally. Yay! We got here. We, we've survived. Not all 30 teams are invited. But, you know, you got to be good to play. And the teams that didn't make it, well, they weren't good enough. I'll go over which teams are in it, how it's going to work, how long it's going to go, and some other key dates for the NBA calendar that have been shifted due to the coronavirus stuff. I'm also going to go over the return of a couple of esports leagues. They're coming up here pretty soon, too. League of Legends, Overwatch. And there's some video game... I don't know if you want to call it breaking news, but there's some video game news out there that I want to cover real quick. And that'll do it. Let's get into this stuff, huh? As always, please follow me on the socials, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Twitch.tvs. All of them are the Matt Cave Pod, except for Instagram, which is the Matt Cave Podcast. I haven't posted anything there yet, but I'll work on it. I've barely posted to my personal Instagram anyway, so don't feel too bad or frustrated with me. So let's get to the NBA. So the NBA Board of Governors voted this past Thursday on if the season nah, the season should resume, and if it does, when and for how long, and who's invited, all of that sort of thing. So the date, the begin date that we're looking at, it's tentative right now. They're going to iron out the kinks here this week, but it looks like July 31st is going to be the resume of play for 22 of the 30 NBA teams. That is going to go through no later than October 12th. Now, October 12th is the maximum end date if every playoff series went the full seven games and the NBA Finals went the full seven games. The next season for the NBA would begin, so the 2020-2021 season will begin December the 1st. Now, a lot of people were saying Christmas Day, which I thought would have been pretty cool. I said that last week that that was being looked at as the possible start date to next season, but it looks like they're going to go for December 1st, and Waj, Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN's head senior NBA writer extraordinaire wizard, he said that the reason the NBA is going to be starting December 1st is so that all of the players can fulfill their obligations and achieve their dreams with their countries should there be an Olympics in 2021. We all hope there will be. We don't know. But Adam Silver, Chris Paul, the head of the Board of Governors, I can't remember who that is, I apologize. They all made sure in all of their talks that everyone would be able to have a schedule that will allow these different NBA stars to play at the Olympics. And it's not just the American ones, like LeBron James. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's Kristaps Porzingis. It's Luka Doncic. All those guys going to play for their countries as well. The era of the Dream Team and the Redeem Team is over. It's going to be competitive in the international pool 
from now on, really, thanks to the Dream Team, which featured basically every star. They're the biggest stars. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So the total of 22 teams returning are nine from the Eastern Conference and 13, lucky number 13, from the Western Conference. Now, the reason because of this imbalance of teams is because the NBA wanted to invite teams who were within six games of a playoff seed. So that means the Eastern Conference it only has nine teams. And if you were listening to talk radio podcasts, etc., during the season, the East really only has about five quality teams, maybe four. People don't know what to think of the Pacers. So the Eastern Conference has the reigning MVP and a team that was just barnstorming through the league, the Milwaukee Bucks. They they already hit 50 wins. I think they were at 51 or 52 before the the interruption. And they're, they're a hot team. We'll see how they play in the playoffs. I mean, they were headed to the NBA Finals last year until they ran into Kawhi Leonard. So Milwaukee is a good team to watch out for. So you have them. You have Toronto Raptors who, I mean, even without Kawhi Leonard are – I mean, they are playing in the lesser of the two conferences of this season, but they're still looking really good. They look like a really well-rounded team. Boston, with all of their mega contracts, uh, looking at you, Gordon Hayward, how's that $30 million coming off the bench doing for you, Danny Ainge? And the Miami Heat, and like I said, the Pacers, the Philadelphia 76ers, who this break probably helped more than any other team in the league because they were falling apart and coming apart at the seams. Now their players have had a chance to heal and they have two of the most fragile superstars in the league in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons still can't shoot outside of 15 feet. I don't want that in my point guard, but I guess the 76ers and a lot of the NBA do. And Joel Embiid can't make a shot outside of 15 feet. So the 76ers and then you have the Brooklyn Nets who won't have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did say that he is not going to play and he's going to focus on next season and the Olympics. So I hope he does, and I hope he is able to come back full strength, mainly for the Olympics, for me personally, because I don't give two hoots about the Nets, but I hope he does come back healthy. The Orlando Magic... And the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the Washington Wizards are invited to this. How about that? A team with like 22 wins. Man, if only the Jazz were in the Eastern Conference. They'd be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Maybe maybe not the best, but definitely second. <laughs> Which moves us on to the 13 teams from the West. Obviously, you have the Lakers. You have the Clippers. One and two. LeBron versus Kawhi. All that stuff. Then you have the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic and all those nameless stars over there in Denver who play really good basketball. Then you have the Jazz, who no longer have Boyan Bogdanovich, who underwent surgery to repair a broken wrist that he was playing through. And it sucks for short term, but he did sign, I believe, a four-year contract with the fourth year being an option year. 
So it, it's better for the Jazz to have him do this surgery now in this broken up weird season and have him long haul than to have you know a shadow of him and possibly have something that will affect him for the rest of his career. So I applaud the guts it took for Bogey to undergo the surgery, but the Jazz are going to miss him. Fortunately, from what I've been reading from Tony Jones of The Athletic, as well as David Aldridge of The Athletic, and a couple of guys from ESPN. It looks like the usage for Mike Conley is just going to only increase, and that's only more good news because it will allow Donovan Mitchell to continue to thrive as he has found kind of his niche in Quinn Snyder's system with this with this team. Then you have the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, with Chris Paul, have been the surprise of the NBA. Houston Rockets, who, let's not forget about them. They do not have a big man. They don't have anyone over 6'7". P.J. Tucker is the tallest person on that team. So they're going small ball, and they are going to ride or die with it, and I don't think they're going to get past maybe the second round. We'll see. Dallas Mavericks with Wonderkind, Luka Doncic, and Kristaps Porzingis. They're a pretty dangerous team. Memphis with Ja Morant. Portland with Dame Time, Damian Lillard. The Pelicans, I don't think they should be there, but they are because ESPN, TNT, and the NBA put a lot of money on them because of Zion Williamson. And Zion Williamson is healthy and he's going to be playing. So they're there. The Sacramento Kings, they're there. The San Antonio Spurs, I, I can't name you. Like I can name you... One player on the Spurs right now, two. Sorry, two. DeMar DeRozan and Patty Mills and Greg Popovich. So, I mean, Pop might work a miracle and get them into that eighth seed. All he has to do is pass up the Kings, who are going to... I mean, the Kings are the Kings. They haven't been good since Chris Webber was there. The Pelicans, who are a very young team. And the Grizzlies, who are also a very young team. Their real challenge is the Mavericks and the Blazers. I can see Damian Lillard carrying the Blazers into the playoffs and potentially giving the Lakers or the Clippers a really big problem. And then, for whatever reason on God's green earth, the Phoenix Suns are invited as well, probably because of Devin Booker. So the competitive format was approved by the Board of Governors. The returning teams are the 16 teams in current playoff positions, and the six teams that are currently six games or fewer behind the eighth seed in their respective conference, which means the Eastern Conference was really bad this year, and nobody was surprised by that. So the seeding games are the eight remaining games each returning team would play before the playoffs begin. So basically, it's eight games that they have left on their schedule against the teams that are invited, which is kind of bad news for the Jazz because the Jazz had a pretty easy strength of schedule going down the stretch. They just came out of probably the roughest stretch, and it's just going to be rough again. So that kind of sucks being a Jazz fan, but, I mean, if you want to be a champion, I mean, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. So we'll see what the Jazz can do. The games are going to be played in in and around Orlando, Florida, at the Walt Disney World Resort in their wide world of sports complex. Now, right now, we're just assuming that Disney is going to agree with this, but 
they're going to. Uh, Disney owns ESPN, and it would be such a boon for them to do so. And they would look like such the good guys, too. So I, it's it's going to happen. They're going to be playing there. They are going to be allowing families of players to come with them, which is something that, that was hotly debated back at the beginning of all this. So each team will play about 72 or 73 games after the seeding games. And it looks like the Mavericks will have played the most at 75, and the Spurs and Shocker, the Lakers, will have played the least. Yeah, let's let's baby the Lakers, please. So there is a little bit of a competitive imbalance there. I, I remember reading and listening about teams like the Atlanta Hawks, who are very, very young outside of like Vince Carter, who just retired. And it kind of sucks that he retired in this season, but... He was one of my favorite players, and I wish him all the best in retirement. But they were arguing that they wanted to be invited because they want the experience for their players. They want more court time. Well, my argument would be, let's take those eight teams, put them in Las Vegas, and have them play for the first pick in the draft. Why not? It's eight teams. It's not that many. Have the same protocols you're having in Orlando, just in Las Vegas, or Phoenix, or wherever, and boom, the teams get experience against each other. They get that valuable court time that these GMs want and owners want for their young players. And it's more games for people to watch. So it, obviously it wouldn't be the best basketball to watch, but I mean, it would be something for people to watch. And right now there's a huge appetite for live sports. People who never watch NASCAR are watching NASCAR right now. I hate NASCAR. I used to love it as a kid because I loved the shiny colors of the cars going around the circle, but wow. there It's it's a long thing. It's like 500 miles in a circle. It, it's boring to me to watch. I, I know how dangerous it is and all that, but whew. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a NASCAR driver, but that doesn't mean it, it's fun to watch. It's just like saying I couldn't be a professional cricket player but that doesn't mean it's fun to watch so the playoff seating the seven teams in each playoff in each conference with the best records regular season games plus the season games so the regular season games are set in stone and then we have the seeding games which will affect the win percentage they all clinch a playoff spot the usual tiebreaker scenarios will be in place for those seeds so home record against away record and point differential how much you won by and if need be win percentage the eighth seed will probably it says it in the article with Wodge and the article on nba.com it says it's a potential play in tournament from what i'm reading it's it's a probable play in tournament for these teams which is exciting i i love that idea i love it in baseball with the two wild card games i love that game because that's the most exciting game outside of a game seven in baseball because every player suits up expecting to play. For example, if Clayton Kershaw pitched in the 162nd game, wait, 100, yeah, 162nd game, and the Dodgers were in this wild card game, and it was two days later, Clayton Kershaw wouldn't take his regular five day rest before he pitches again. He would take the ball. And I love seeing that. I love seeing that 
from the players. So I like this too. Now, obviously, the teams like in the East, the Wizards, the Magic, who's going to watch that? I mean, Bradley Beal of the Wizards is worth is worth watching, but there's nobody on the Magic worth watching. So, but the Western Conference, I mean, just look at that list outside of Phoenix. That's a really fun, and Sacramento. Yeah, outside of Phoenix and Sacramento, every team within that eight seed is fun to watch, except for the Spurs. The Spurs have never been fun to watch. They play very good, sound, fundamental basketball, but that's not fun to watch. It's not like watching the Warriors. So with those teams that I named, however, we're missing the Warriors, who obviously everybody was hurt, and (laughs) they were just getting guys from the G League to come up and play for them because they were down like four guys for the majority of the year. And they had to try and replace almost, what was it, 88 points a game with Kevin Durant being gone and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry being hurt for most of the year. So, yeah, there is that. Which will be nice. There won't be a Golden State Warriors-Cleveland Cavaliers finals. Yay. (laughs) That makes me happy. So, the play-in tournament. If the team with the 8th best record in its conference is more than 4 games ahead of the team with the ninth best record in the same conference, no play-in tournament would be necessary. The final playoff berth would simply go to the team with the 8th best record. So if you win by 4 games, or if your record is 4 games or more better than the person in the ninth seed, which is probably what is going to happen in the East, I don't really see the Wizards catching the Magic especially with all the trade talks running Bradley Beal right now. that, that I, I don't know how you can coach that. But So the East is pretty much set one through eight. It's just where they're going to seed. In the West is where it's going to be interesting to watch, just like as it has been all season. So the tournament would basically be a best of two series, where the number nine seed would have to win two head-to-head matchups to take over the number eight spot. So it's it, it's one game. If eight seed wins, they're in. If the nine seed wins, then they have to win again the next night, which is interesting. It's different. Uh, I and I'm honestly, I'm excited to see it. I hope it happens because that would be two very exciting games of basketball because it would be all out. So once the playoffs start, though, after those seeding games and the play in potential play in game, the playoffs are the same best of seven all the way through. The draft lottery, so I told you there are going to be some important dates for the NBA being moved around. So the draft lottery, so this, assuming the games begin on July 31st, it's tentatively scheduled August 25th because the teams that don't make the playoffs are all in the lottery. It's not just those eight teams that didn't. So the 14 lottery teams would be the eight teams that do not participate, like I said, and the six teams that participate in the restart but do not qualify. These teams would be seated in the lottery and assigned odds based on their records through March 11th. So the that's when the season was suspended. So the lottery odds are locked in right now as we speak. We're just waiting to see which teams get slotted into those last seven and where they slot. The NBA draft got pushed back. Obviously, it's normally in June this month. Or is it July? I don't know. It's in the middle of summer. 
And if the games begin July 31st, the NBA draft is October 15th. Now, in other years, that would be a big deal. You know, the years of LeBron or Vince Carter or of Zion. This year, the draft is, has been said to be one of the weakest drafts in the 2000s. Since the year 2000. Yikes. So, I mean, I love watching... I've said this before. I love watching the NBA draft. I love watching the NFL draft. The inner workings of a general manager and a team's front office... They, it's it's my jam, and I love it. And so the other and final big date is the start of the 2020-2021 NBA season. That would be December 1st. This is assuming that everything begins on July 31st, and the players stay healthy. And I don't mean healthy healthy as far as injuries. I mean healthy as far as coronavirus. The NBA and the Players Association are trying to work out a deal where there will be replacement players available. So those players would have to travel to Orlando as well just in case someone tests positive for the COVID-19. And if they do, the replacement can be made immediately. Obviously, myself and everyone else crossing their fingers, praying whatever it is you do for luck, that none of the players test positive. We saw how quick the NBA is to react. Props to Adam Silver and everyone, Mark Tatum, all of them, and the owners for putting player safety and fan safety above revenue. I don't want to see them shut it down again. They don't want to shut it down again. But if enough players test positive, if, God forbid, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, or not Steph Curry because he won't be there, but, you know, Donovan Mitchell, all if all of these guys test positive, the season's over. They, don't, they won't want to play a season and a postseason without superstars. Because they know nobody would watch, and they and they know that the the seat the the champion would have a weird asterisk next to it, and it's going to have a weird asterisk next to it anyway. But I, if I'm looking back on this season ten years from now, I would kind of give it the same the same asterisk as I would to a team that won a championship in a strike or a lockout season. That, that's how I'm going to look at it as I look back on this year. Living in the middle of it sucks, but looking back on it, we'll be able to kind of historically match it up with those seasons because they were shortened as well. All right, so I'm excited for the NBA to come back. I hope you are too. I really hope all the players, the players' families, the coaches, the trainers, the officials, everybody that is going to Orlando, please, please, please be safe. And if you're a fan, please don't try to go to Orlando to try to see them or anything like that. Just watch them on your TV or on your phone or tablet or wherever you watch them so that we can have this. Please don't be the fan that shows up and screws it up for everyone else because you may be asymptomatic, but you don't know it and you give it to LeBron. I don't want, I don't want that. So please just watch it online like the rest of us. Be cool. And we can finally have real sports back. So... Moving on, so we have soccer coming back this coming weekend. That is very exciting. The best of the best leagues, La Liga, 
the Premier League, the British Premier League, uh, it, uh, Serie A, and obviously the Bundesliga is already back. So, yay, sports are coming back. Let's move on to other sports that are coming back. Esports. So they have had their mid-seasons, mid-season breaks. The Overwatch League, as well as League of Legends Championship Series, the two biggest esports on the scene. Now, Overwatch is kind of debatable on that front because they're having trouble keeping their stars, as I detailed on a previous episode. But it is still super fun to watch. It is crazy. It is really hard to sometimes know what's going on. But if you give it a chance, you'll have a lot of fun, especially with the casters that they have. The guys casting the matches, telling you what's going on, they're really good, and they know their stuff. So give it a chance. It comes back June 13th. So as of this recording, it's coming back this coming Saturday. That's really exciting. And exciting for me because my favorite team, the Philadelphia Fusions, in first place, and I want them to keep it going. That date is also really big because... North American League of Legends, the LCS, is coming back June 13th. The season has not been going well for my team. The off season has been going even worse <laughs> for my team. But all of the roster moves, all of that is it's done. All the teams are practicing. They had their interesting and weird mid-season like, streamathon cup where like in Europe it was like team France versus team Italy versus team Germany versus team Netherlands or whatever and i mean it was a cool idea and it was kind of fun to watch but i'll be happy to get back to the regular stuff the academy which is kind of like AAA or the championship series of LCS will be starting June 13th as well or June 12th and the LCS games on Saturdays and Sundays are starting earlier, which is good. Because sometimes those games were going until about 8 or 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Yeek. So the split will cook will cook off, will kick off with the finals rematch between Cloud9 and FlyQuest. Which will be cool to see, but I mean, Cloud9 was on a roll, and FlyQuest didn't make any changes any significant changes to their roster. So I think Cloud9 is just going to continue to stomp unless the meta completely changes or, you know, Sven or Blabber just forgets how to play. <laughs> and I don't see that happening either. So, so um, yeah, I'm really excited for those, even though I know my team probably won't be making Worlds again for the sixth split in a row, they won't be winning North America. That's three years, for those of you who don't know. Formerly a team, before this slide of not making Worlds, never missed a Worlds competition. It was the only team ever, uh, aside from SK Telecom 1, the Korean juggernaut, to do so. So it feels bad, but... I mean, watching Bjergsen and Doublelift and Biofrost on their streams, they look, they kind of look like they did back when Doublelift was on TSM before. They look good. 
We'll see how they gel as a team with a pseudo-rookie jungler in Spica because Broken Blade, the top laner for TSM, likes jungle attention, but so does Bjergsen in Doublelift. And junglers have been known on TSM. They've been nicknamed Blue Buff Donator, which means they don't get that important buff. <laughs> Excuse me. And so we'll see. I, I'm i excited to see what a reinvigorated and refocused Doublelift can do alongside someone who there has never been a bad word said about them by another player in Bjergsen. It'll be a fun split. So definitely watch that June 13th, 1 p.m. Pacific time. So that's 2 p.m. Mountain, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let's move on to video game news. Video games. So Pokemon Sword and Shield, as I detailed way long ago, they have their first DLCs ever coming out. And it they will be coming out... Oh, I'm sorry. I closed the browser that had it. I believe it comes out June 12th. So that will come out with the uh, Iron Island of Iron, Isle of Iron. There is a new legendary to go along with it, as well as I think it's 200 of the older Pokemon coming to the Galar region. That's a lot. <laughs> and the legendary... And I think this is kind of cool. The legendary you get when you go to the Iron Island or Isle of Iron. I can't remember. I'm sorry. It it gets a different evolution depending on which tower you decide to conquer. So when you go to the Isle of Iron, you get a choice. So you get this legendary from like the leader of the island who happened to be Leon, the big champion guy with the Charizard, his tutor or mentor, if you will. And he gives you this legendary and you get to choose if you want to go through a dark tower or a water tower. Depending on how you have your team set up, that that's how I would decide. It gets a different evolution. So if you go through the dark tower, it evolves into a fighting dark type. Or if you go through the water tower, you get a water fighting type. For me, I think I might go dark fighting because that's a better that's a better type marriage because fighting is weak to psychic. Well, dark completely negates one of those weaknesses. So I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to play it. I believe it comes out this week. If it doesn't, it comes out next week. It'll be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Nintendo's been doing really well these past few months with the lockdown and everything. So kudos to Nintendo, kudos to Pokemon Company for staying on schedule with all of this going on. And let's move on. So EA Access, which is a service, a subscription service that you pay Every month or however you want to do it, a year, every six months, every three months. And you get access to a library of games that Electronic Arts puts together. So I have it, and that means I can play anything from Anthem to Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. 
to Need for Speed. And that that subscription service is now moving to Steam, the largest online PC retail or whatever you want to call them on the internet. So that's really cool. EA games were previously locked to their own service called Origin, and now a lot of them are being moved over to Steam. I saw it the other day, and I got pretty excited about it. I'm I'm not going to lie, because that will only increase the player base for those older games, like Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4, Battlefield Hardline. I'm excited for this. And its heaviest hitters... Apex Legends, Battlefield V or 5, however you want to say it. The devs at the launch reveal thing said Battlefield V for victory. Other people are calling it 5. I'm calling it a mistake. <laughs> because World War II, yes, it was a transformative historical event that we are all still living with to this day. There have been hundreds of games made on it. I mean, come on. Those ones are staying on Origin. So that that's kind of a bummer, but I can see why they didn't do it because I think it would be really hard to match up the servers of Steam with, or, with EA. So while that's kind of disappointing, the smaller games are moving over, and that's pretty cool. I mean, that opens the door for those bigger games to eventually move over when EA wants more money. I mean, they always want more money, but they just don't want it now which is weird because it's EA. But that's some really exciting news. Other exciting news, one of my favorite PlayStation 4 games to have come out, No Man's Sky. It's coming to Xbox Game Pass, so it's already out on Xbox. It has been for a while. I haven't picked it up because I already own it on PlayStation 4, but... It's coming to Xbox Game Pass this month. Now, Xbox Game Pass is the same thing as EA Access or the uh, PlayStation Plus store sort of thing. Well, not store, but PlayStation Plus, the free games that they give away. I'm really excited about that. It'll be coming. They don't have a date for it, but they said it will be coming out in June. It'll be available on PC as well, so not just for Xbox. It'll be available on the Windows 10 edition. There's no date for that, but it has been confirmed that it is coming out. It's coming out this month. That's all we know. So keep your eyes peeled for it. I mean, it could be out right now as I'm reading. And you can play one of the best space exploration games on the market right now. Now, it did come out really bad to a lot of people there are a lot of promises the devs made that they didn't come through on i played it at launch and i've played it a little bit since they've quote fixed unquote it it's so much fun i i if you have the games pass and it has to be the games pass platinum or whatever it is for you to be able to play it on pc as well as xbox but if you don't have it for pc and you have the xbox version xbox console only version of games pass get it get it it especially since it'll be free get it i I was really tempted to buy the xbox version when it was on sale for 30 dollars. i didn't pull the trigger because i'm poor i'm broke i'm out of work send help and 
now I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger because it's free. So I, there's so much good news for video games right now. It's great. And Xbox Series X. So what they've revealed on it is a lot. The release date has not been released. They're going to release it close to the PlayStation 5, and Microsoft as well as Sony have both said that this whole pandemic has not affected the launch. So they're not adjusting the launch window to coincide with the markets opening back up. They're going to launch the same time whether there was a pandemic or not. So that's really good. They haven't announced a price yet because they're playing chicken with with Sony. It's the same thing as with the last console launch with PlayStation 4 or yeah, with PlayStation 4 and Xbox 1, they played chicken up until like a I remember working at GameStop and it was really annoying because we didn't know when people were pre-ordering these systems they were asking, "All right, how much is it going to be?" and we honestly had to say, "We don't know." The good thing is that they're not taking pre-orders on them. So now you won't lose money. <laughs> um, they've they've released uh, a lot of the the hardware specs. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty on that. It just looks really powerful, and so does the PlayStation. The controller is the same. I like that. They they have added a couple of buttons and stuff. Xbox Series X supports backwards compatibility for all three previous generations of Xbox console. And according to Microsoft, they'll play even better. Are you listening, Sony? You did it right with the PlayStation 3, the original PlayStation 3, the 20 gig, and I believe it was the 60 gig, like the big fat boys. They could play PlayStation 2 games, no problem. They went away from that because they saw Xbox do the same thing away from the 360, away from the Xbox original. Well, Xbox and Phil Spencer have said, we want everything. If you upgrade... We're not going to punish you if you have to sell your older console in order to afford the newer console. You can still play it all. I love that. I love that. I love that. I wish Nintendo did something like that. I mean, Nintendo has their virtual console on the Wii U and the 3DS, and they have the NES and the SNES sort of thing as well. But, I mean, come on. Just straight up backwards compatibility is so exciting. Xbox Series X will play thousands of Xbox One, Xbox 360, and original Xbox games even better than Xbox One. Currently, there are only a few games confirmed for Xbox Series X, which includes big ones, like Cyberpunk 2077 comes out in September, Halo Infinite, oh, please be good, oh, I'm so excited for it, I want it to be good, they haven't revealed anything on it. I hope they're keeping their cards close to the vest because they are making such a good game that they don't want to spoil it for us. That's never the case, but I hope that it is here. And Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, which is a very, very powerful game that kind of delves into mental illness and how you kind of devolve if you don't get help for it. It's a very powerful game. It's a very fun game. It's a very good game. It's a very important game. Microsoft did hold a special third-party showcase for the Xbox Series X, and it did not go over well. It went over like a lead balloon. 
uh, because of the Assassin's Creed Valhalla non-reveal. <laughs> but this this is going to be potentially now. Let me preface this by saying this comes from someone at Sony, and a couple of people at Microsoft have also thought the same thing. These people, I don't believe, were named by GameSpot or by by IGN. I don't go to Kotaku anymore. I don't like them. <laughs> the um, They are thinking this might be the last consoles that we'll see in their current iteration. Now, the big catchy headline was there weren't there aren't going to be any more consoles. Well, that's not true. There's just not going to be any more consoles like that we know them right now. Now, Nintendo's kind of already gone that direction with the Switch where they, they've done something that I think is really special and it can only be improved on with the whole portable thing. PlayStation did something really cool when they had the PlayStation Vita first come out and you could do the Play Anywhere with a few select titles where if you had an internet connection for your PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 3 and your PlayStation Vita at the same time, you could boot up your PlayStation at home and still play, say, Uncharted 3 on the go. That was really cool. I hope they bring something like that back. So this could be, as we know it, the end of an era. But man, I'm excited for it. (laughs) The logos look really cool for both systems. I'll go over PlayStations as soon as they release more information on it. They've been kind of quiet about it other than saying, like Microsoft... They, Microsoft and Sony have kind of been saying stuff in tandem as we've been going, as we've been marching towards their launch window, which is holiday 2020, which means probably November, early November, so that they can have everything out for Black Friday, which or Cyber Monday. I think Cyber Monday would probably be <clears throat> the bigger deal, especially this year. So I, I'm excited for it. And that's everything I've got this week. Thank you all. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on the NBA coming back. If you think they should have come back with 30 teams instead of 22, or if you like my idea where you have the 22 teams over there and you have the eight worst teams in another city and they play out for draft position and they have to win to get to that number one pick. You can't just tank it. You can't fake it to make it, you know? I I, that, I like that idea personally. I don't know, like, logistically probably couldn't work out, but, I mean, you know, it's something to preserve competitive integrity, I think. Which is why I think all 30 teams, or all, thir- all 30 teams in the NBA, all 31 teams in the NHL, soon to be 32, and all 32 teams in the NFL should have some sort of postseason after the regular season, where the teams that don't make it play for the number one pick and the teams that do make it play for a ring I think that's really good for competitive integrity and it keeps the officials sharp which every sport needs (laughs) so that's it this week please tell me what you know please tell me what you're looking forward to as far as sport or esport or any games that I might have missed or am completely missing or ignoring I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to me each week. And I will see you next week when you spelunk on in to the Matt Cave. <laughs>